to each one. Yes, I am going to be preaching on heaven this morning. That's kind of where my mind is going right now. And um, before I get started, I just want to sit, tell or say thank you for your prayers and your your uh, concern and and just letting me know you're praying for us. And um, also thanks to the seven or eight crazy guys that drove down to the calling hours. It was real good to see you all walk into church. It was. And um, also, Dathan's were at the funeral as well. And it was just, I, I wasn't expecting hardly anybody to show up because it's so far, And but it was really a blessing to, to have people there. So thank you for that. And just, yes, please continue praying for my dad, especially. Um, it's, it's hard. It's just really hard. And um, right after the funeral, he came down with a case of bronchitis, so he's getting over that yet, too. So he's having to uh, build back his strength. And um, so, yeah, it's been a rough week for him, to say the least. But the uh, title of my message is Heaven, the place where we belong. And uh, so uh, a couple days before my mom passed away, she had... Well, actually, a couple weeks before, my mom was in getting uh, scans done at the cancer center. And um, while she was there, she was getting an IV treatment because she was low on, or just, she was, I think, kind of dehydrated and just not feeling good. And, and while she was there, she got a, she started getting severe pain on her one side of her face, just absolutely severe pain. And um, dad was there, and he was praying, and, and uh, they were trying to figure out where the pain is coming from, and so they actually took her by ambulance to an emergency room because this was just more of a cancer center where they were at. And while she was sitting there waiting, um, she told dad, or she later told dad, she said, I, I felt like a hand just touched my face. And it touched here and then it touched over here and, and it was a warm hand and it just felt really good. Just felt really good and it seemed to kind of ease the pain. And then um, just a few days before she died, she was kind of, uh, she was sitting in her chair um, in the evening, they had had company that day, and they were. She was resting, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, she just kind of woke up. And she started rubbing her arms, and she said, "God touched me," and it felt so good. And then, I think it was that same evening, maybe that she also um, just wanted wanted my dad to grab her hand, and and she just started saying that some something to the effect of. Uh, I love you. I love you. And she wasn't talking to dad either. She was talking to somebody else she was seeing. And, um, and then the evening before she died, I was in the room as well, and, and she again seemed to be seeing things. And my sister was sitting next to her bed, and she would ask her, you know, do you, do you see Jesus? Or do you see uh, her little sister Sadie, who died, uh, lived for about a day? Or she would say, um, you know, do you hear singing? And, and almost every time her mouth would kind of smile a little bit and, and she'd nod. And um, there was definitely something, she was seeing something that I was not seeing. You know, remember Elijah and the servant? God asked, Elijah asked God to show the servant what he sees. And the servant saw the angels and the chariots of fire around the city. I think my mom was seeing... Um, heaven, and I think she was seeing people who were there. I think she was seeing Jesus there. And so something that cemented in my mind more than ever is that heaven is real. And I know we all know this, 
but we are so much physical creatures, and we are so much um, where we are is where we are, that I think sometimes I forget how much heaven is real. And do you do? I, I don't look forward to heaven very much. I do more now than I did before. But even without losing somebody, I think we should be looking forward to heaven for more reasons than just seeing our loved ones. But I'm just curious, why is heaven special to you, or is it? I'm assuming that it is, so why is heaven special to you? I'd like to hear a few comments. You'll meet your Savior face to face. One thing about special about heaven is that is where Jesus is. What else? Yeah. People we love who we've lost, love lost loved ones, if they are in Christ, they are there. We get to see them again. perfect place. No more suffering, no more pain. No more curse. I, um, I, all these things are correct. All these things are reasons why, I would, why heaven is special. But another reason why heaven is special is because it is where we belong. We were never create we were created for a perfect world. We were created to live with in harmony with God. We were not created to live in a sin-cursed earth. We were not created to deal with brokenness. Although we deal with brokenness, we were created for perfection. And it's heaven is, is the place where we belong. It is where we what we were created for, and I'll get a little bit more into that um, in a little bit in a little bit here. But what you all described is what heaven is like. It's a place of rest. It's a place of, um, okay, so if you all think South Carolina is not paradise, well, heaven is paradise. Now, South Carolina is heaven on earth. No, just kidding. But paradise. We all, whenever we think of paradise, I'm curious what goes to your mind when you think of paradise. Because paradise I think is that place where everything is made right. Everything is right. Everything is okay. Everything is, I'm at rest. I'm not stressed. There's peace. There's calmness. That is, I believe, what we think of as paradise. And Jesus told the thief on the cross, the one thief, he said, tonight you will be with me in paradise. So heaven is paradise. Heaven is the dwelling place of God, and Jesus is there as well, sitting at the right hand of God, or standing sometimes. When Stephen was stoned, he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand, or he said the Son of Man, which would be Jesus, standing at the right hand of God. That is where the dwelling place of God is. And at the end of time, God will make all things new. All things will be made new. And I don't know if I'm going to do this later on or not, but I really am starting to think we need to have more preaching about the theology of heaven. And this isn't end times. This is more heaven. What heaven is about, um, and also the theology of a new earth, 
the new heavens and the new earth. I believe God is going to create a new heaven and new earth. Where my mom is now, I don't think, is the final destination. God is going to create a new earth for us to dwell in sometime at the end of time. And you might wonder, well, wonder what the new earth is going to be like. Well, I wonder if it's not going to be somewhat like the old earth, but it's perfect. It is perfect. The old will have passed away and the new will have come. It'll be a new heaven, a new earth, and there'll be no more curse. It'll be perfect. It's the place where we belong and where we want to, where we want to dwell in. Do you look forward to heaven? Do you long to go there? I, I get into life here, and I, I, you know, I, I enjoy things that God has given me here. I make the best of the hard things. I try to, at least, and I, I don't think much about heaven. I don't often think about longing to go there, but I honestly sometimes think that maybe sometimes God allows pain and suffering, and maybe sometimes he allows death even in our lives to, to rip us out of the the mold of, or the rip us out of that, that uh, place where we are just, this life is where, there is, where it's at. It's, it's easy to kind of get into that. And there's a song I used to help sing one time in a men's, or just it was a men's song that we would sing sometimes called, Would We Truly Long for Heaven If This Life Were Perfect Here? And if there were no more pain or death, like we try to make this, we try to make this life as much that way as we can. And it's not wrong to not want pain and to try to, you know, we want good health and we want, um, you know, if we get sick, we want to get well. But would we truly long for heaven? I do wonder, I do think that sometimes God allows some of those things to help us long for the life after. We are on this earth. It's sometimes 70 years or 80 or 90 years can seem kind of long, but it is a, it is a speck compared to the length of time, well, if you want to call it time, that we will be in heaven with God. But sometimes we, we, want to, we think this life is all there is. It's easy to kind of do that. Do you long to go there? Something that really cemented in my mind as well, watching my mom go through her experiences, is that I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. It, it gave me a greater desire and determination to be there. And now you might wonder why I say determination, because I'm not talking about doing it on my own strength. But there are things you do that you can do to know that you're going to heaven. And I, it, it just gave me that desire that I'm going to be there. I'm going to do everything I can to make that I'm there. And that is asking, making sure Christ is in my heart, and I believe he is, and he has saved me, and also living according to him, giving my, making, living sold out to his plan. I can, I can see my mom again. I can see Jesus there. It just, it just gave me that, a greater desire to want to do that. Turn, to, turn with me to Revelation 21. Very familiar scriptures on, on heaven and uh, what John saw. The Apostle John saw this. Um, I believe it was revealed to him so that we would have something to look at and what, something to look forward to. It's amazing how much the Bible talks about heaven. Jesus came to do the will of the Father and to make it possible for us to one day dwell with him again. And right now, those of you who are saved, he is dwelling in your heart right now. But one day we can dwell physically with him. And that is what, at the end of time, 
That is where, when we go to, when we are in heaven and dwelling in our, in a, um, when we leave this earth, for those who are in Christ, who believe in Christ, they will be able to be with him in a physical way. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. The word tabernacle there is kind of like a tent. Think about the tent that was used for the tabernacle, and that's what the word means, a, a, a a tent dwelling sort of, that's kind of what that word means. So, God's tent is with men. Verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and warmongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Turn over to uh, chapter 22, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street... Of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Sounds like a place I want to go. One of the things that I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, heaven is the place where we belong. And don't get me wrong here, I don't think it's at all wrong to want to go to heaven because there is no more pain. Again, we were not made for pain. I don't think we were created, we were created for a perfect world. We have pain in this world because of the curse and because of the sin nature of people and because of Satan. But sometimes I think we look at heaven as strictly as the place where, well, can't wait to get to heaven so I don't have to have this, any, this pain anymore. Or can't wait to get to heaven to see my loved one. And again, there is nothing. I think it's good to long for heaven for those reasons. But if that is the only reason why we are looking for heaven, I think we are short-sighted. Because heaven is the place where we belong. It is where it is what it got, God created us to be with him. He created us to be in harmony with him. He created us in his image, and he wants us with him. And so we are created. That It's the place where we belong. So I think in, was it 2008 or nine? I forget which year it was. I did uh, some traveling in Asia. Now, I have done traveling in various places, especially before I was married. Um, I was in Europe. I was in uh, Central America. And, and most of those places, they're, they're still somewhat Americanized that it's not I don't know, it, it's, you feel out of place kind of, but not too bad. It, it's kind of interesting, kind of an adventure. But when I went to Asia, 
it was different. It was so different. Well, we, just, we were in um, a group of uh, eight of us guys went to uh, under GTO and we, you know, looking for a little bit of an adrenaline rush. So we took some Bibles into China and into, Cam into uh, Vietnam and just traveled a lot just, just to kind of see um, the places over there. And I, it was just, I, I've never been in a place so much that felt so different. It was, um, the language was so much different than anything I'd ever heard. Um, the people were different, and there was just not a lot of American influence over there. And so it just felt different. And I felt like a fish out of water sometimes. And so when, when we first left, so I, I knew, I've heard of people who have went to Asia, and they would come back with a passion Oh, they knew what they were going to do in life. They wanted to go reach the unreached. And, and I, I wanted that. I felt like I was kind of just floating along. And I, I was like, I want to go to Asia. And I hope I come back with just this passion to want to serve God and reach people. And I had a passion, but it was to go home. I wanted to go home. I don't regret going. I'm glad I went. I'm glad for the experience. But I wanted to go home. And I was, I was disappointed for a while. It was, it was interesting. I, I just, you know, I was like, man, did I miss something? Am I, am I just wackoed? It's funny, I, I talked to someone else about it then one time, and I don't think I was the only one, maybe not of that group, but there's other people that have went to Asia too and came back and they didn't have the passion that everybody else had. But what I, what I wanted to say about this story is that I wanted to go home because that is where I belonged. I felt like a fish out of water sometimes at certain places in Asia. And it just felt good to come home. It, not, not particularly just to South Carolina. It just felt good to come to America because that is the country of my origin. That's where I belong. That's where I want it to be. And I think that's the same way with heaven. It's much more than just a place where there's no more pain. But it is where you and I belong. It's where everybody belongs. Even the worst criminal belongs there because God created him or her. But sadly, many people won't make it there because they don't know Jesus. They have not invited him into their heart. They have not asked him to forgive their sins. But God created all of humanity to be with him. And heaven is where he dwells, and he wants us to be with him. We belong in a perfect world. We were not made for a sin-cursed earth. But we have sin in this life because of the fall, because Adam and Eve sinned and listened to Satan rather than listen to God. But before the fall, you read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it was perfect. It said they communed with God, God would commune with them. And, I mean, can you imagine? The animals were there and they didn't kill each other. There was just perfect harmony. And then it was broken. But that is what we were created for. That is what we were created for. It's the place where we belong. And I do think sometimes we get homesick. And I think sometimes the yearning that we experience in this life, sometimes when we are experiencing suffering and pain and there's just this, oh, mm, why is it so hard? It's because I think we're homesick for a better life, the life that God has created us to be, to, to live. We belong in a perfect world. John 14, 1 to 3, it says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. This was just before Jesus was crucified. And he said he's going to prepare a place. And often I think we want to spiritualize heaven, but I don't know, can we take God literally here, where he says there's going to be houses and mansions? says there's a house with mansions. I'm not sure if that's, you know, is the house heaven or is it a house with lots of rooms? In the ESV, I think it says many rooms. There's a, my, my father's house, there are many rooms. But he is preparing a place for us. And that's because he wants us there. He wants you there. It's home. It's home. Heaven is home. This world is not home. We're just a passing through. Heaven is home. Revelation 21.3, I know I read this, but I'm just going to single out this verse. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. We were made to dwell with God. God created us to be in relationship with him. And that is where he is. That is where we were created to be. And then um, Laverne read Revelation 8, to 25. And I'm not going to claim to understand all of those verses. But it says that creation is groaning, waiting for the redemption. And I, I think also there should be more sermons about this here. The redemption of not just mankind, but the redemption of creation. But God, but I, I believe if I understand some of this um, a little, I understand a little bit of it, I think, but I believe creation is waiting for the redemption of, of, of when God returns, when Christ returns. And it's, it's groaning, it's yearning for that. And I get some of my thoughts from the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn, but he, he says that heaven is, is, that creation is crying out and it's yearning for that redemption. It's yearning for that redemption. And I believe the new earth will be a place that there's not corruption. There's not the decay. It's going to last forever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine using something and it doesn't break? It just keeps, keeps on going. Again, I don't know what all we're going to do in heaven. But I do believe that there's going to be a new earth. And it's going to be a much better earth than we are living on now. It's going to be a new earth an earth that is redeemed. I want to also just touch on having a heavenly mindset. So heaven is real. It's the place where we belong. But I think sometimes we get stuck here. We get stuck here. And what I mean by stuck is just thinking that this life is all there is to it. And, and there might be several reasons for this. One reason might be because we don't know what heaven is like. Um... Randy Alcorn in his book, Heaven, references different people that told him that one was a pastor that said he, he's not really looking forward to heaven. He just wishes he would cease to exist when he dies. Because all he knows of heaven is that it's going to be a place where we strum a harp and sing. There was another person that was one time asked, I think it was a professor, asked by his student, what do you think heaven will be like? Or what do you think will happen to you when you die? And the professor said, well... If it comes to that, I think I shall probably float around in endless bliss, but I would rather you don't talk about things so depressing. Why, why do we think of, I think sometimes our imaginations of heaven 
And sometimes we think, well, we can't imagine heaven. It's beyond anything that we have ever experienced. But I do think we can imagine some of heaven because I think heaven's going to be somewhat of what's here, but it's going to be uncorrupted. It's going to be uncorrupted. Can you imagine having relationships where there's no pain, there's no betrayal, there's no lying, there's no cheating, there's no selfishness? Can you believe that? That's, I think, what's partly going to be there. Again, I don't know what all we're going to do, but I think there's going to be things that we enjoy here on earth. My mom loved flowers, and she loved singing. And I think she's going to be enjoying, I think she's enjoying both of them now, and I think in the new earth we're going to enjoy them as well. I, I think she's going to be planting flowers, feeding birds. What I'm saying by this is that I think we need to let our imaginations run sometimes. Because I think we can imagine somewhat of heaven, but it is going to be much beyond yet what we can imagine even. Because it is going to be, again, we can't picture a perfect earth. We can't picture a perfect world. But it will be. So I think that's one reason why we struggle with sometimes looking forward to heaven. Maybe another reason, too, is that we were created um, to live. And before we go to heaven, we are going to die here on this earth unless Jesus returns and we go with him in the air. So there's also, I think, this thing of, of uh, we're physical beings, and so we think of the physical. We, we want life, and we want life here on earth, so we, are, we, we make life work for ourselves here. But I really think that if we have a heavenly mindset, we are going to do even more good here on earth. Have you ever heard the uh, saying about being too uh, heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good? heard that? I don't think we have to worry about that. In fact, Randy Alcorn in his book says too many people are too earthly minded that they are no earthly good. And I'm actually going to read a, a saying that he, I thought this was really good. He quoted C.S. Lewis. And um, if you want to do a lot of good on this earth, if you want to m help people and serve God, maybe you should have a heavenly mindset. C.S. Lewis said this, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next, of the next world. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this in this world. Aim at heaven, and you will get thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. And that, this, this here concept probably struck me almost the most as I was studying for this. Just this, the thing of that we need to, if, if I have a better concept of the life to come, I can hold lo more loosely the things of this earth. But if I don't have a concept of the life to come, I'm going to grab hold tightly of what I have because that's all I have, or I think that's all I have. I'm even more selfish with my things. I'm not going to help people because this is all I've got. This life is where it's at. But if I have a concept of heaven, if I have set my mind on heaven that I'm, I'm just passing through, this is just, this is just my hike, if you want to call it that, on my way to heaven, then I can let loosely, hold more loosely my resources, my family, my, the things that I hold dear because I'm getting prepared for the life that is to come. 
Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2 says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. A direct command to seek heaven. To seek heaven. That is where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That is where God is. Set your affection on things above. What are things above? That could probably be a sermon in itself. But I think we should set our affection on what, is, what, what God has called us to do. We set our affection on, um, for one, God's word. On the relationships he has given us. To set our affections on the things that are heavenly rather than the things that are earthly. Philippians 3, 20 to 21. For our conversation or our life, actually the word conversation here has to do with citizenship. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Our citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven, not on this earth. And then, of course, we all probably know that the Hebrews 11 chapter, with all the all the men and women who were faithful. And in Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16, it says, it says this about these people that died for their faith. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. This world was not their country, but they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly, where God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He hath prepared for them a city. We're going to be spending a lot more time in heaven than we are on this earth. Don't you think we should be thinking about it and preparing for it? think we should look forward to and prepare for our next life. I believe those in Hebrews 11 were faithful. What One of the things that enabled them to be faithful, that they even gave up their lives for the sake of Christ, is because they, were, they realized that they were pilgrims and strangers in this life, and they are passing through to a, new, to a better life. They desired a better country. And I, I think, again, we should be looking forward to heaven. Yes, for the, 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 that there's no more pain. Yes, that we can see our loved ones, but also because that is where we are called to. God is calling us there, and that is where we belong. And I think we can also serve God and others better if we have that mindset, a heavenly mindset. I think having a heavenly mindset also helps us in suffering, and Paul touched on this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, he said, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, he said light affliction, so any suffering on this earth, he's calling light affliction. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then Romans 8, verses, verse 18. For I reckon, or I think, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy 
to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And I want to make it clear here that I don't think Paul is minimizing suffering. Um, going through a death of a loved one is hard. It's hard. Watching people suffer is hard. So, watch, having yourself suffer, whether it's um, abuse or whether it's uh, physical pain or mental pain or emotional pain or whether it's um, health struggles, whatever it might be, I don't think he's minimizing that. It is hard. But as soon as we start looking at just that and we start re- thinking that, God, why can't you give me a good life here on earth? Don't I deserve a good life here on earth? If we start looking at it that way, we are minimizing the life to come, I think. Because if you, if you look at it from an eternal perspective, it is but a blimp or a, a blink of an eye in comparison to eternity. And so I don't think this is a minimizing of suffering, but he's just trying to give us the right concept. Look at it in a bigger picture. Look at it from an eternal perspective, not from an earthly perspective. And sadly, I find myself doing that. Whenever I see someone suffering or I feel myself suffering or I think I'm suffering, the first thing I want to do is like, God, haven't I had enough of this? I mean, come on, can't we have a little bit? Or, or, aren't you here? Where are you at? Um, several weeks before my mom died, she had anointed, asked for anointing again. And I, she has asked for anointing in her cancer journey. I'm not sure how long, how many times. I want to say four or five times that she would have the ministers come and anoint her. And so it might have been a month or two. I'm not sure. But just recently she had an anointing again because her pain wasn't going away and she wasn't feeling better. And um, God healed her. He healed her. He healed her actually more now than he did before because my mom did experience healing in her cancer journey. I think it was about 17 and a half years. She lived longer than she was supposed to by doctor's terms. God healed her more now than he ever did, than he ever did in this life. And he has raised her up, like it says there in is it James, I think, and he shall raise them up. I think we need to have that eternal perspective to help us in our sufferings as well. Our suffering is temporary, but our glory is eternal. Having a heavenly mindset keeps us from holding on too tightly to the things of this world. I think we also need to have a heavenly mindset so that we are ready when Jesus comes back or when our time to die comes. In Luke 12, 35 to 36, uh, Jesus said this, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Let your loins be girded. It means have your clothes on, your, your, your spiritual clothes, your cloak of righteousness. Have that on, and have your lights burning, and be ready when it's your time. If we have a heavenly mindset, we're going to be watching for that return more than if we have a more earthly mindset and think it's just about this life. And if you want to go to heaven, you must come to God and believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to finish out with finishing, uh, reading a few more verses in Revelation 22, verse 12 to 17. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. 
For without are dogs and sorcerers and warmongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take water, take the water of life freely. Heaven is real. Eternal life is real. But hell is as well. And it's important that we are ready. It is important that we are ready and waiting. And in order to be ready, you must have Christ into your heart. You must come and drink of the water of life freely that God is offering each one of us. If you have not made that decision, please talk to someone who, ha who can help you get there. Because it is important. You don't know how long you're going to live. My mom knew her time was coming, and we could see it coming. But not everybody has that chance. So we need to be ready. Have our robe about us and be ready for when Christ returns or when our time is to die. Let's kneel for prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for being here with us. And thank you, God, that you have created a place for us to, to come to be with you. You are right now preparing a place for us. And you will one day come again to receive us unto yourself. Lord, thank you for the promise of, of heaven and the promise of a better life for those who are in Christ. And God, I just pray that you would help us to never lose sight of that, to, um, to never let this life kind of be all that there is. Help us to always remember and to have an eternal and heavenly perspective and to never um, allow Satan to draw us away from the journey that takes us to you. Help us to have our robes about us, to have our lights burning, to be ready for when our time is um, to be with you. Lord, heaven is the place where we belong and help us to long for it, to long for it and to be prepared, prepare ourselves for that life, the next life. And Lord, if there's anyone who does not know you, who has not um, given their life to you, I pray that you would convict them and speak to them and help them to turn their, their lives to you and to confess their sin and to wholeheartedly live for you. Just pray that you would go with us throughout the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.